48K News. It's one o'clock. I'm Alex Price. The headlines. Carrie Lam says she'll choose her words more carefully after angering lawmakers from all sides. Former Chief Executive Donald Dung vows to clear his name following his release from jail. And the Consumer Council issues a scathing report on airline overbooking. The Chief Executive, Carrie Lam, has promised to be more diplomatic in future after a backlash by lawmakers over comments she made last week. She had said a plan to raise the age for elderly welfare payments from 60 to 65 had been approved by lawmakers themselves as part of the budget last year, drawing criticism from legislators on both sides of the political divide. Before attending the weekly EXO meeting, Mrs Lam explained her comment. I was merely responding to questions in um, factual and in my sort of strict talk style. In a legislative council, when one member urged me to withdraw the proposal, my response was to explain to her that it was no longer a proposal. It was something that has been approved in a contest of the 2018-19 estimates. If individual members felt uncomfortable with that sort of strict talk, then I will be more diplomatic in future. Mrs Lamb also said it's unreasonable for lawmakers to vote against the budget next month to protest, protest against the welfare plan. Pan-Democrat lawmakers have threatened the move and urged the pro-establishment camp to join them. Mrs Lamb said the public would be hurt if the budget wasn't approved and government services couldn't be maintained. Members of a legislative council have yet to see the content of the next budget. I also have not seen the content. So uh, to suggest that because of unhappiness over one policy issue or maybe other policy issues in time to come, that they should now in advance said that they're not going to approve the next budget. I don't think this is a very uh, responsible way of uh, dealing with legislative council business. The former chief executive Donald Jung has been released after completing a 12-month prison sentence for misconduct in public office. The 74-year-old was admitted to Queen Mary Hospital on Friday after complaining about feeling unwell while in Stanley Prison. On his release, he told a crowd of journalists outside the hospital that he wouldn't give up the fight to clear his name. From today, I'll be home and with my family... I'll be leading a normal and hopefully peaceful retired life with my wife. I can resume my routine from the previous decades and go to church every day. My relatives, my friends and ex-colleagues and many members of the public in Hong Kong, they no longer have to worry or feel sad about my suffering. So today, the only thing in my mind is that I feel grateful, very grateful. I don't want to talk too much about what the court has to handle, but as you would understand, a Hong Konger under Hong Kong's rule of law must be determined in the fight for justice and to clear his name. One mustn't give up on that. Mr Zhang was found guilty of failing to disclose a property deal with a businessman while that man's company was applying for a digital radio licence. The Court of Final Appeal will hear Mr Zhang's challenge against the conviction in May. The Consumer Council has criticised airlines for a serious lack of transparency concerning their overbooking policies. The watchdog found a majority of 15 airlines it surveyed failed to provide clear information about alternative arrangements and compensation for passengers when flights are overbooked. The council's chief executive, Gilly Wong, said some airlines had refused to answer their questions. She said the situation was extremely unsatisfactory, but it's difficult to introduce legislation to govern the matter. Even though we haven't yet conducted a very serious study about it, but by referencing the overseas regulations on uh, overbooking or cancellation, 
those markets are extremely huge. Talking about the whole Europe, talking about the whole US. Um, Hong Kong, even though it is a very busy aviation hub, but if Hong Kong legislates just in isolation, it may not be the most effective way to protect um, the um, uh, the passengers. Uh, it requires uh, a stronger regional collaboration before we can make it happen. The council also tested 58 brands of biscuits, egg rolls and sweet pastries and found that 9 out of 10 contain carcinogens. The watchdog said the substances, glycidol and acrylamide, were released when oils were cooked at high temperature. A spokesman for the council said using butter instead of margarine and refined oils could prevent the generation of the contaminants. The council also found that all the samples were high in sugar or fat, but the levels were understated in more than half the labels. Chief Executive Carrie Lam has urged people to use their common sense over what constitutes an insult to the national anthem. She also said people should refrain from challenging the anthem law when it comes into effect in future. Janice Wong reports. The National Anthem Bill will be presented to the Legislative Council next week. And the Chief Executive stressed it is her government's duty to enact the legislation as soon as possible to deter people from insulting or misusing the march of the volunteers. But many pan-Democrat lawmakers have already said they will oppose it because of how vague the proposed legislation is, especially when it comes to the definition of the term insult. However, Carrie Lam told reporters that what constitutes an insult to the national anthem should be common sense, adding that people should not try to test this when it comes into effect. Speaking ahead of the weekly Executive Council meeting, the Chief Executive stressed people do not have to worry about being prosecuted as long as they respect the national anthem. About 150 protesters representing the taxi trade have marched from government headquarters in Admiralty to the Department of Justice on Lower Albert Road, calling for a ban on the ride-hailing service Uber. They accuse the government of failing to clamp down on illegal car hire services, which they say affect their industry. They also urge the government to improve the business environment for the taxi trade. The Canadian Prime Minister, Justin Trudeau, has spoken out about a mainland court's decision to sentence a Canadian man to death for drug trafficking. The case against Robert Lloyd Schellenberg was unexpectedly reviewed in December, soon after the arrest of a Huawei executive in Vancouver. He'd originally been given a 15-year prison sentence. Mr Trudeau condemned the decision. As a government, we actually uh, strengthened the policy that requires the Canadian government uh, to always intercede on behalf of a Canadian facing the death penalty anywhere in the world. We will continue to do that as we have uh, in this case. But I will say it is of extreme concern to us as a government, as it should be to all our international friends and allies, that China has chosen to begin to arbitrarily apply uh, death penalty in cases uh, uh, facing, uh, as in this case, uh, facing a Canadian. The White House says President Trump has told his Turkish counterpart that he wants to address Ankara's security concerns in Syria. Mr Trump has been engaged in a war of words with Turkey for days over the implications of the American troop withdrawal from Syria. From Washington, here's the BBC's Gary O'Donoghue. President Trump seems to have dialed back some of the sharp rhetoric that's been bouncing back and forth between Washington and Ankara. In an account of the conversation issued by the White House, he acknowledged Turkey's concerns over the situation in northeastern Syria, but also stressed America's view that Turkey should not mistreat the Syrian Kurdish fighters, known as the YPG, and other members of the Syrian Democratic Forces who've been in conflict with IS. 
This is considerably more temperate language compared to a weekend tweet in which the president threatened to devastate Turkey's economy. Meanwhile, President Trump has denied ever working for Russia, describing the suggestion as a big fat hoax. He also denied a report that he'd confiscated the notes of his own interpreter after a meeting with the Russian president, Vladimir Putin. On Friday, the New York Times reported that an investigation had been launched after Mr Trump fired the FBI chief James Comey in 2017. Mr Trump was speaking to reporters outside the White House. I never worked for Russia, and you know that answer better than anybody. I never worked for Russia. Not only did I never work for Russia, I think it's a disgrace that you even asked that question, because it's a whole big fat hoax. It's just a hoax. And a traditional White House meal for the winners of the U.S. College Football Championship has become a fast food feast. President Trump bought hamburgers and pizzas for the Clemson Tigers, which was served on silver platters. Mr. Trump blamed the government shutdown for the menu. We have pizzas, we have 300 hamburgers, many, many french fries, all of our favorite foods. Uh, I want to see what's here while we leave, because I don't think it's going to be much. The reason we did this is because of the shutdown. Uh, We want to make sure that everything is right. So we sent out, we got this, and we have some wonderful people working at the White House. They helped us out with this. And uh, I will say the Republicans are really, really sticking together because we need border security. We have to have it. The British Prime Minister, Theresa May, has warned MPs on the eve of a crucial vote that if they reject her Brexit deal with the European Union, it could lead to the breakup of the United Kingdom. Mrs May is widely expected to lose the vote. She'd urged MPs to give her deal a second look in light of further reinsurances from senior EU officials on the controversial issue of the Irish border. She admitted her deal was a compromise, but said it would deliver on the result of the Brexit referendum. People will look at the decision of this House tomorrow and ask, did we deliver on the country's vote to leave the European Union? Did we safeguard our economy, our security and our union? Or did we let the British people down? Activists from the Russian LGBT network say dozens of men and women have been detained in a new round of persecution against gay and lesbians in Chechnya. From Moscow, here's the BBC's Sarah Rainsford. The group which supports the LGBT community in a deeply conservative, mainly Muslim region, believes around 40 people have been detained by local security forces since late December. It says they were identified after the administrator of an LGBT forum on social media was arrested and his captors then trawled through his phone contacts. A spokesman for the group told the BBC he had information, including from witnesses, that two detainees had died under torture. For now, that's information that's impossible to confirm independently. Finance news now, and mainland officials have talked up government support a day after the country posted its worst monthly export data in two years. The National Development and Reform Commission said China would aim to have a good start in the current quarter for the economy. The Ministry of Finance said it would step up fiscal spending and implement larger tax and fee cuts to help small firms and manufacturers. Currencies and the US dollar is trading at 108.51 yen. The euro stands at 1 US dollar 14 cents and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 11 cents. And a short time ago, the Hang Seng Index stood at 26,732. That's 437 points up on the previous close. Turnover was $49 billion. And now with a look at the latest sports news, here's Adam Jung. 
We start with tennis. Serena Williams has returned to the Australian Open with an emphatic win. She lost only five points in the opening set and went on to beat Tatiana Maria six love six two in just forty nine minutes. Williams didn't defend her title last year while she was taking time off following the birth of her daughter. She's chasing a record equaling twenty fourth Grand Slam title. There were also straight sets wins for the American Madison Keys and seventh seed Carolina Pliskova. In the men's draw, Kanishikori survived a scare against the world number one hundred and seventy six Kamil Maciejak of Poland. Nishikori came back from two sets down before his opponent retired in the fifth set. Next to football, hosts UAE, Thailand, and Bahrain are through to the knockout stage of the Asian Cup after the final round of matches in Group A. The UAE drew one all with Thailand to top the group. Bahrain beat India one nil to go through as one of the best third place teams. Football writer Mark Loma says India were unlucky not to progress further. On paper, many people would really expect Bahrain to be beating India. Is however the way the tournament has gone with India having that famous four-one victory over Thailand in the first game. However, Stephen Constantine's side—they set themselves up really defensively. They've been so good in attack the last couple of games, free-flowing, playing some wonderful football. Today it wasn't the case. They sat back, they held off for 91 minutes, and then a stoppage time penalty from Jamal Rashid, giving Bahrain the one-nil win and seeing them sneak through ahead of India. In third place in the group, but they know because of the way that the other groups are going that they are guaranteed a place in the last sixteen now, Bahrain. Manchester City have cut the gap to leaders Liverpool back to four points with a three-nil win over Wolves in the English Premier League. All three goals were scored after the visitors had defender Willie Bolly sent off for a stamping challenge on Bernardo Silva. Here's the BBC's Conor McNamara. The gap at the top of the Premier League narrows down to four points again. Liverpool remain on top, but Manchester City continuing their revival, having put a hatful of goals beyond Rotherham and Burton in cup competitions. They put three tonight against Wolves, but never really a contest after that early red card for the visitors, an own goal and two from Gabriel Jesus. Manchester City have beaten Wolves three nil. To the NBA, where James Harden has exploded once again. This time, he scored a season-high 57 points, more than half his team's total output in Houston's 112-94 win over Memphis. The reigning MVP extended his streak of 30-point games to 17 by halftime. He scored 40 plus for the eighth time in his last 11 games, and he's topped 50 this season for the third time. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Tatum Jung. There, and now to end the news, a reminder of our top stories. Carrie Lam says she'll choose her words more carefully after angering lawmakers from all sides. Former Chief Executive Donald Jung vows to clear his name following his release from jail, and the Consumer Council issues a scathing report on airline overbooking. That's the latest news from RTHK. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
of your 